Yeah, whoa, look, they can never keep me down, I'm going, and if I ever fail, just know I'll go again. I never quit, cause I know that every loss may lead to another win, I'm going up. I bet when I land, they gon' tell me it's luck again. See that I'm winning, it's harder to watch. I'm setting the stage, you should give me my prize. You ain't got a soul, you lacking the spirit. You talk out your neck, I'ma show you I'm with it. Well, we're back here at the uh, ACS shop, and we've got someone really cool with us today. We have Tom Fisher here to do some shop talking with us. And Tom is uh, Tom's one of my favorite people in this industry. Thank you. I'm just saying that. Like, I mean, I've spent a lot of time with you, and we've done a lot of cool stuff together. But Tom is currently... Your role is with Malarkey, mm -hmm. one of the regional guys for Malarkey that is selling shingles, and obviously we're a big Malarkey contractor here Thank at Modern you. Roof. Yeah, no problem, man. I mean, it's it's easy to sell Malarkey. Well, yeah, I th I think it's easy to sell Malarkey. You know, but I might be a little, you know, biased. <laughs> I I don't know. I will say it's been it's been a great thing for our business to have Malarkey as a partner, and um, you know, we we. We love that, but I don't really want to give away too many secrets about Modern Roof because there's sure, some things sure. behind nope. the scenes that Understood. you know we can get into, but it's not not really I don't think beneficial to a lot of contractors I, today. I already signed the NDA. Oh, okay, never We're mind. Good. We're good then. All okay, right. so right. <laughs> no, we uh, I wanted to share something different today, and having you on the show because you have a really awesome background, and I'll let you kind of share that kind of where you come from, what your industry background looks like, but. I think that leads itself to a lot of knowledge that most contractors don't have. And so I'll kind of, we'll talk a little bit about that and then we'll get some tips to contractors that are maybe just getting started or have been going for a little while and ready to level up. There's gonna, they need some advice. Okay. Some people get stuck. And so I wanna, I wanna reach out to those people today that are stuck and say, here's some great advice for you. And I think you'd be a great person to share that. Well, so. Well, thank you. So Tom, yeah, tell us a little bit about yourself. Wow. Okay. Um, I've been in this industry um, before I even graduated high school. Was was tagging along on job sites, um, learning about the trade as a pretty young guy, right? So at 17 years old, um, I, I started a construction company with a family member of mine. Um, and in some form or other, did that until I was about 33. Wow. So made it through the financial downturn of 2007. Um, we had some, some, some times that were a little... Uh, tough right but but we weathered those and you know in i remember that time it was, it was a lot 708 of, uh, that was a fun time how old were you i was uh 21 22 21 okay i thought you were uh younger than that i thought you were gonna give me an eight-year-old joke no like, i remember that no <laughs> i was in my 20s and i was doing business stuff you know right, i was right okay i was doing construction and car business stuff so like okay I, I felt that downturn it was it was an interesting time i think it was actually a really cool time it was it was tough and there was a lot of fear being self-employed about how you're going to provide for your family but but um you know we did get through it a lot of a lot of hard work and a lot of good relationships you know a lot of the things that carried us through that were existing relationships we'd had and so you know when you treat your customers the best way that you know how and you're a real pro you go to work and you're a professional well these other guys are kind of going to weed themselves oh out, yeah totally right so the devil's in the details. <laughs> well, and I, I think about those times and you know, you're, you're, you got started during that, which in my mind is kind of like what we're about to go through again. Like we're, mm -hmm. we're feeling those same, those same things starting to happen. This is like the best time to get started. Well, if you make I it think through it this. Cause that's what I'm saying. If you can make it through this tough times, what is it? Tough times make tough or whatever people, uh, uh 
There's smooth, a, there's a, smooth seas never made a great sailor. There you go. Right? Yeah, but if you're able to sail in the tough seas. That was Teddy Roosevelt, I think. Is that who said that? Okay. I, I hope so. Winston Churchill. <laughs> he said that. You know, it wasn't Winston Churchill. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a PM. It was a president. Okay. I know that. Well, whoever said it, it it's, a great, it's a great analogy, though, to, to business and to contracting. Going through those tough times really kind of mold you and make you better, I think. Well, it's, it's a crucible, right? And yeah. it's going gonna, it's gonna to refine your skill set. You're going to find out. If you didn't know where your weaknesses are, you're going to find them. Yeah. Right. So let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Because now you've been in this industry for a while. You were in district. So you owned a roof. Yeah. So, so you own uh, a construction company. 33, I, you know, I got out of that and I saw these... Uh, sales guys that were coming to take me out just like I do you now right um, they're taking me to a baseball game or they're taking me to a nice lunch I'm kind of like man these guys are having fun and I'm you know toiling away uh, and, you know the grass is always greener of course um, so uh, I wanted to be a manufacturer's rep um, but because I started a construction company at 17 years old and then go to college that tough. became a pretty big obstacle that was a real barrier to entry to get in there and so there was a local independent um, roofing distributor in St. Louis that I used to buy material from as a construction worker and they gave me a shot as a sales guy to let me build my resume. So I told them when I came on, hey, I would like to be a manufacturer's rep. I want to do this to build my resume. I think they kind of thought, yeah, right too. Um, <laughs> but they did see the value in having me as a sales guy with my construction experience background. Right. Um, and honestly, that was my biggest asset as a sales guy. I truly knew nothing about sales, nothing. And I didn't, I didn't understand, I didn't even know what the word margin meant at this point in my life. I mean, I was already operating as a margin business. I just had a lot to learn. Um, so they kind of, they hired me on and I understood what a contractor needed. Yeah. So even though I didn't know anything about sales, I understood that I could affect the end user. Right. And that I could offer a better service. Um, and I'm not just talking about, you know, the, 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 kids that are killing themselves, the 22-year-old guys that are loading shingle roofs, right? Every distribution company has the same shingle trucks. They have the same 22-year-old kids working their butts off all summer long loading roofs. Um, so when you talk about services, it's how can I help you? What, what piece of education can I offer you? Mm -hmm. How can I be as much a consultant as a sales guy, right? So when you don't have the answer to something, I'm going to find it for you. When you messed up your order and I had to drive two hours to give a bundle of shingles on Sunday. <laughs> I didn't have any business. I really didn't have an option, but I remember my time as a contractor, that panic moment when you realize that you messed it up <laughs> and how I need help. Right? So I remember that. And that honestly earned me so much business. Um, and it gave me time to learn how to sell in the meantime, yeah. you know, how to, how to make a cold call, how to get an appointment, how to offer value in that appointment, how to establish next steps, the right way to ask for business. Right. All that How to close the deal. Learn. Yeah, that's that's huge, and I I always I think people uh, don't understand the value. But like when you're when you're a rep like that, you learn so much about this business from such a different level. Because when you're in the business and you're grinding away day after day, like like I was talking about this earlier, but I have to get out of the office because if I'm in the office, right. I get nothing done. Right. Like I get absolutely nothing done. Like it's hard to get work done. It's hard to be productive because I got 10 million people asking me questions. So my entire day is filled with basically putting out as many fires as I can as quickly as possible. And I got nothing accomplished and I've all of my energy and focus went into that business that day. But right. when you're a manufacturer rep or you're a distribution rep like that or a vendor to the space, all of a sudden now you've removed yourself from the day to day and you're looking at the business from a different perspective and you see 
the misses and you see the good stuff in them. Right. And, and when you're talking about misses and, and, and hits, um, time management. Yeah. So, hey, Tom, I'm in the office and I really can't get things done. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, you know, b- before your day starts, before your week starts, before your month starts, well, yeah. well, what's your schedule? And I realize you can't maybe lock down an ironclad a schedule for a month, right? No. But, but, but you're going to have to prioritize the things that are going to make a difference for your team and for your company because you are that they're looking to you. Right. 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 So the reason you get 10,000 questions when you're in the office is because everyone needs your input. Exactly. Right. So how do we prioritize that? And also how do we enable good, intelligent employees to make good, intelligent decisions? It's tough. Right. So it's tough sometimes. Clear expectations. Right. And, and teaching you guys what the parameters are, then suddenly you don't have, you suddenly you've only got 5,000 questions. Well, I almost feel like sometimes too, when I get, if it gets to my level, like I'm done something wrong along the way that I need to correct it. <laughs> right. Like, where's the air in the SAP? Yeah. Well, like, and, and I've, I've visited a contractor in uh, North Carolina this year, earlier this year, and he had his, his office. So for him and his business partner, they built a building outside that was completely disconnected from the rest of the building. So in order for them, if they got a, they had like this like plank thing that they would walk like to get like a little bridge to get over to their office because it's all gravel. Okay. And they'd say if if one of our employees walks the plank, then we screwed up. Okay. Like if they had to walk all the way over okay. here to get to us, then we there was a disconnect in our process and our system and something's right. broken and we got to go back and fix it. And I'm like, that's a great way to see it. And I almost thought, like, man, where should I put my plank. my office? Yeah, my <laughs> plank. I thought like our the RV or maybe put it upstairs or do something different to where it's a it's a chore for someone to get to me, and it's not I'm not accessible because that way I know like okay, so this is the area. So you can identify what's what you're doing wrong at that point. Right. And I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah, no, it is cool. It is very cool. But I get what you're saying though, because I I deal with that every day. So I got to come right. in super early yeah. or stay late. Yeah, time management, man. It's, yeah, it's one of the. I don't care what industry you're in, like time management is just that important. Yeah. Um, but I guess back to the history. Yeah. So a couple of years in distribution taught me to sell. I had some great mentors there um, that taught me to be a, an intelligent sales guy, not just a grinder. <laughs> I started as a grinder. I like to think I still have, I think I still have that, <laughs> you know, but now we've added some, uh, some more to it. Like I said, and now I've been at Malarkey now for seven and a half years. Uh, started as a territory rep. Dude, you've been there that long. Time flies when you're having fun. Bro. Do what you love. You'll never work a day in your life, John. <sighs> yeah, I just, I'm just thinking back <laughs> history-wise, man. It's been yeah. a while. It's been that long, I guess. Started in 2015. Yeah. Um, and then moved to Chicago to start. Chicago and St. Louis had kind of started as new territories at the same time. So I'm thinking of when you got promoted. Yeah, so that was 19. But I moved to Chicago to start Chicago's new territory. Because yeah. why not just give up your paycheck? <laughs> um, as soon as possible, have no commission. So I went to uh, Chicago, started that, and then from there, I had another great mentor that helped me get promoted to a district-level job, and then from there, I, I rolled into a regional job. And I, I remember when you got that job, because that's what I'm thinking of, and it was, yeah, it was it was pretty awesome to watch you come up and get to spend time with you yeah, from that level. Very excited about it myself. <laughs> it, well, and it, and now seeing what you've done with your region and your, you know, what you what you guys have been able to accomplish. Like Indiana, you guys got this on lockdown. Like well, there's, this is a strong market for you guys. I think we're still hungry in Indiana. Yeah. Um, and, and I really have to take a moment to give the credit where it is due. I have an incredible team here yeah. in Indiana. And all I do is remove obstacles. That's all I do. Right. I think that's all that any 
top level manager should be doing. And kind of like I told you, I'm trying to empower them to make the decisions. Right. Right. So sometimes they'll call me with a question and I, that is my job to answer. Give those. us an example of like an obstacle that you've had to remove. Just, and it could be vague and generic, but just like something that you, so we can understand like kind of what, what that really is. Well, so people still buy from people. Right. And sometimes an obstacle might be as simple as a communication there between my sales rep and maybe a point of distribution. Okay. Um, so maybe there's this communication error, and because everybody communicates differently, it creates an obstacle. Well, sometimes somebody just has to come in there and clear that up. Um, <laughs> and sometimes you have to remind people that it's time to turn the page on things, right? Like, yeah. hey, well, you know, one time he, you know, backed into my car. Well, whatever the reason <laughs> he's not buying from you. All right, well, well, I'm really sorry that happened. When was that? Well, that was 15 years ago. Why don't we move on from that? <laughs> Right, like let's move on from that and let's create a productive plan to move forward, right? So all these obstacles that people have, people are looking for a solution. Everybody in the roofing industry wants to sell shingles. Yeah. So since we all want to have do the same thing and we all want to find a way to provide for our families, um, we're all working toward the same goal. So usually it's a small communication error or some kind of misunderstanding or that prevents business from actually taking off. Right. Um, and sometimes maybe, maybe it is management itself that maybe doesn't understand the market yet. A manager has to trust the people that he's hired to do the job to tell him what the obstacles are out there. Right. Because if I come in and start solving a problem that doesn't exist, I create three more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you got to listen to your team. You got to work closely with that team. Um, and, and like I said, I have to give my team the credit, not just in Indiana, but all parts of my region. My, my team has been successful and I just get some credit for it. So it's pretty good for me, um, but they're a bunch of all stars. Oh yeah, you have a great team here. <laughs> You've met most of them. I, I think I know. Guy, I think I know all of them. Yeah. Guys, uh, they're good people. Guys, yeah. yeah, and it's been it's been fun to, to work with them. And so, I, I will say though, like when it comes to our business, even and what we're doing, you're one of the people that I call when I have questions or I have, I need a solution or I'm trying to work through problems because, I think you've seen so much and there's so much wisdom in that. And I'm a I'm a big guy like about that. Like I like to. I have a lot of people that I reach out to when I when I'm dealing with situations because I know I can't come up with the best solutions. But looking back upon your career, like let's talk about the contractor. Like the biggest things that you would share with yourself if you were trying to grow and scale a business today. Like what are like once you get that experience, it's always easy to go back and say, "And I wish I would have told myself this, 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 and this." <laughs> right, what do those things look like? <laughs> Man, where to start? Um, one of the most important things is, and we kind of touched on this about, about the time management, right? You've really got to sit down and prioritize things before the day begins. Okay. Right? Intentional? Before the week begins. Yeah. So what are my top priorities to get done this week? Because the, the truth is there's, there's a lot of time vampires, just like there's energy <laughs> vampires, right? Yeah. And, and They're suddenly, roaming around in suddenly, this office. Like you said, you look at your watch and Dude, you, the day's over. That was yesterday for me. The day's over. My COO is on vacation right now oh my gosh dude it's been he left he's it's been yesterday and today these are only two days i gotta like be like the guy for everybody for everything right yeah and it's been it's been crazy well and that's another piece of advice you don't have to be the guy for everything and today you do right today i do because it's i have to weekend. i gotta yeah um, it's a holiday weekend right. i've got to do everything thankfully like half of my team's on vacation now so like it's okay right <laughs> but so I, I think it's jim Rohn always says uh you know, hey, it's not a big deal that you have a weakness, but if you have a weakness, you got to get it covered. Right. That's where the mistake lies, right? Not mm -hmm. saying like, 
you know, we're looking at the accounting sign over there. <laughs> when I was a construction worker, I should have hired an accountant. 24 hour bookkeeper. Right. Hey. Hey, yeah. we use them. Hey, I'm I've, just, got, I've got the sticker on my iPad. They're a nice, they're <laughs> a nice group of ladies. Bookkeeping sucks. <laughs> yeah, right. They're great at what they do, though. Right, and if and, I'd have known something like that existed as a contractor if, in rural Missouri where I came up, that didn't exist. Yeah. Right. I, I will say, like, like, being that. able to log in and see my, this is what I owe out. This is what I have coming in. This is what I've expensed out. These are my expenses. Like, bro, that report every month is killer. Another thing, just along, you know, it's an easy segue. Um, one of the smartest business guys that I knew growing up used to tell me, if it doesn't get measured, it doesn't get done. Yeah. Do not be a rudderless ship in your business. <laughs> Do not be adrift. If you don't know on a particular job what the P&L sheet would look like. <laughs> yeah. Right? You don't know if you're making progress. Am I, is my margins, are my margins going up or my margins going down? Well, people don't understand margin to begin with. Like I, was, I have uh, some business partners here that are kind of new to this industry, but they've been doing business for the last 10, 11 years. And when I said, hey, we need to make sure that we're hitting uh, whatever the number is, 30%, 35%, whatever the margin needs to be. In their minds, <clears throat> they're just taking whatever the costs are and then adding an additional 35% mm -hmm. on top of that and saying, okay, well, there's a margin. I'm like, is that a 35% margin though? Because you're taking 35%, let's say the, the cost was $100. 35% is, is multiplied times 1.35 <laughs> and margin, you divide it by 0.65, right? See, and you're gonna, that's a different number. It's a different it's a number. number. It's a higher number. And so it blew their minds when I showed them like, okay, here's a website I use. This is a margin calculator. I bookmark this site. Anytime I get a cost, I figure out my cost. Then I put the number in what the margin needs to be, and all of a sudden the number comes out, and that's the true margin. Blew their minds. Yeah, Just that one little it's, thing it's that a, no one really understood. It's, it's not a difficult. It's a very I, different number. Somebody had to teach me that distribution. I yeah. Go, I go, oh, you want 20 points. Well, they mean 20 margin points. I thought 20%. Well, those are two different numbers. Two totally different numbers. Right. And that's the thing. Like, people don't understand that number. That, that number is probably the most important number of your whole business. Right. And, and it's important, too, to look at, you know, as you're running a business, okay, hey, margin is super important. Mm -hmm. All right. So let's say that your burden for margin is 30% and I'm just throwing out a number. Right? Yeah. Well, if suddenly I start selling products that are double the cost, <laughs> well, let's say maybe I only get 25% on that item. The margin dollars are still higher. Yeah. No, right? it makes so sense. As guys start breaking into the math problem of margin, right? Yep. Um, then it becomes an interesting conversation because there's margin percent, well, margin dollars. And, then you and can make more money with less work. Right. And that's the, that's, the, that's the beautiful thing about bringing in better products, better services, more value. It adds to your margins in, a, in a, an exponential way. Well, and, and using better products, okay, hey, from a margin standpoint, hey, this product costs a few bucks more, we make an extra buck because mm -hmm. we're a margin business. That's, that's great. There's so much more to be gained, and this is something that I did do in my business really well, and it's a, it's a personality trait. I always want to be a top performer. I always want to do the best job, mm -hmm. and I always want to do right doing the best job to me is doing right by you, the homeowner. So right. I'm the professional. If we're in the roofing world, I, I can't tell you how many people in this industry, and let's not limit it to roofing, because mm -hmm. that's not fair. Um, hey, a shingle's a shingle's a shingle. To an extent. Right? <laughs> or siding is siding. Right. Right, but there are differences in these things, and sometimes they might be right. If you're comparing A and B, it might be a shingle's a shingle's a shingle. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that. But the homeowner's counting on you, the contractor, to point them in the right direction. Right. Um, we got to sit through uh, a little 
educational thing that 3M put on, and, and it was a really interesting question that was posed is, what's the number one way a roof is picked? <laughs> and I was always told color. I've been told color my whole life. That's how roofs are picked. And it's actually pretty accurate. If you gave a multiple choice question, how do you pick a roof? Color, brand, or whatever. Well, nobody, 90% of the people you sell to don't know what brand of roofing is on their house. Yeah, they have no idea. I have no idea. Um, it was builder grade, whatever, got installed. So 3M left the question a little more open-ended, I guess, when they did their survey. And the number one way that a roof was picked was contractor recommendation. And that is because you guys are the expert now. Right. 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 I don't know, as a homeowner, what kind of roof is even on my house. I just know it didn't last. John, what's going to last on my roof? Yeah. What's going to keep me from having to get my house tore Go through again? this entire process again. Right. So the number one way roofs are picked is contractor recommendation. You right. guys are the expert. And this goes for everything. Roofs, so if flooring, you, anything. If you educate them about what is actually going to be the best product for them in whatever category it is. Yeah. Right? Like, hey, we really must have this this spray and foam on the bottom of our yeah. attic. Well, actually, that messes up the ventilation. And that <laughs> does this, right? Like, they don't know. They, they don't know what they don't know. Yeah. It's our job to educate them and, and put their interests first. That margin thing will take care of itself, right? Put a homeowner's interest first, and I think your business will grow. Mm -hmm. Not only be the expert, but, but be the guy that will educate them and teach them why this is what they need in their house. Well, and that's why we made the video of what roof I would put on my mom's house. Thank you for that. Well, I mean, <laughs> it just, it was like, what am I going to put on her house? Okay, my mom needs a new roof. It was a unique situation, okay? I knew she was due for a new roof. Mm -hmm. She had hail damage. Insurance company's buying her a new roof. What do we want, what am I going to put on my mother's house? I think this is the most person that birthed me, right. <laughs> you know, in, in my world, my mom is one of the most important people in my life. I care about her house. I'm actually, technically I own that house. Okay. <laughs> it's a complicated situation. Anyways. That's so, but it's my mother's house at the end of the day. Okay. What right. am I going to put on her house? And I decided, okay, this is the shingle I'm going to put on my house on her house. And then I thought about it and I'm like, why did I pick that shingle? What was it? The characteristics about it that made it, meet my expectations or what I would consider to be the best quality product out there. And then we translated that to our customers now. Okay. So Mr. Jones, we're, we're, we would love to install this product on your house that, you know, so-and-so contractors telling you, you need to put on your house, but it doesn't meet our qualifications. This is what meets our qualifications. And this is why when you explain it that way, all of a sudden the value exceeds the price mm -hmm. and then it starts to all make sense. And when, then, and then when, they pay when, for it. When do people buy? Yeah, when the value exceeds the price. When the value exceeds the price. It's very simple. Right. And how do you build that value? That's where it gets to be a lot of fun. And so I, I this has been a great thing in, in our relationship, you know, between you guys and then we have a, we have an Atlas line that we carry as well. Those are the two main products that we sell out of everything that's in, 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 in our portfolio. But when people ask, well, we, this contractor saying they can put this on there, that's like my favorite thing to hear. As soon as I hear a homeowner say, well, this is what they said they're going to put on there and it was going to cost significantly less than what you're doing. Oh, that's great. Let's talk about that. Right. This is the differences. And this is why this roof actually meets our standards and we're going to warranty it better than anyone else will because I believe in that product. Well, and it's not just about product, John. Everybody, you know, I, I've had the privilege of meeting so many contractors since I started at Malarkey and I can tell you, um, I've met a lot of just really good contractors and these guys that just take an extra step in the job not only to educate the homeowner but also to, to offer 
not just a better product, it's as important how that roof is installed as what product they are. And I sell products, oh, yeah, so I'd love 100%. to tell you the product's the most important thing. Get the right shingle. Yeah. For crying out loud, buy a malarkey. Um, it's as important how it's put down, right? And the process. I, I, I think there's another personality on social media that always loves to ask the question, does the drip edge go on top or under <laughs> the underlayment? Well, the truth is it goes both. Depends. Right? Are we talking about the, the edge? Are we talking the bottom or the or the the rakes or, or the, the eaves? Rake or the eave, yeah. right? Like so. Yeah. So, but the fact that it's a question that no one can consistently answer the right way <laughs> is pretty interesting. It had the spec hasn't changed in my lifetime that I know of, <laughs> right? So how come nobody knows how to do it? Um, and, and manufacturers actually put a lot of work into. Um, I know manufacturers the bad guy, right? So so the one that I work for. We adopt the NRCA guidelines, and that is our install guidelines. Right. Right. And you, I, un, without fail, always have a roofer that tells me why this doesn't work because he's done 300 homes and this doesn't work. We sell millions of roofs a year, and we know that actually <laughs> this is the right way to do it. Right. Right. Like we've got right. a lot of data compiled, and we're trying to protect ourselves too. And we're telling you this doesn't work because we don't want to have liability in it either. Right. Right. So how it gets put on is incredibly important. Um, and there's, you know, there's more than one way to skin a cat. That's for sure. But we just go by the NRCA. Um, and that's, handbook for that, and that's yeah. a good way to just standardize it yep. at that point. Yep. This is what we do. And <clears throat> there may be variations from contractor to contractor, but for the most part, this is the actual like right. agreed this is, upon this is proven. Yeah standardized method to and, do this and don't take my word for it because it's not my book it's their book right right no and that makes a lot of sense but you got to have really trained professionals installing your roof at that point so that they understand like that's the way we do it right and you got to hold them to those those standards right you have a production team that's gonna put their feet to the fire when they see things that are not to our quality standards right i mean and, and the truth is is every job will have a little mistake somewhere oh 100 percent you know, a lot of what we did, we did a lot of framing, and I was always joking. You know, the, the difference between a good framer and a bad framer. <laughs> well, the good framer just went and fixed everything before the inspection. The bad framer drove off. Right. <laughs> right. right. Like I forgot a few nails on a piece of plywood. Now it's bowed up. Well, why don't you just go nail that down? <laughs> right. <laughs> Meanwhile, the siding guy's doing it. The next crew's coming in and doing it. Right. <laughs> um, so it's just a, a lot of attention to detail. Right. You know, and if we're not constantly reviewing our ourselves right our businesses our crews you know if there's there are crews out there that that don't do a great job and there are crews out there that do a great job mm -hmm. right so you know how are we going to reward the guys to do a great job so they keep working for us right right because that's who we want we want right if, if i'm putting my name on i want this guy nailing down because he pays attention right if he had a problem he fixed it mm -hmm. right we don't expect perfection but we do expect it to be right when it's done Right. Well, we're putting our name behind it. Right. But if there is an issue, these are humans. Everybody right. installing a roof is a human. We tell homeowners that there will there there potentially could be an issue. Right. Well, I mean, let's let's address it. Manufacturing issue. There could be a manufacturing right. issue. People my team, someone on my team can make a mistake. Okay, mm -hmm. we're human. But the bottom line is, though, if there was a mistake made, we're gonna fix it. Right. That's all there is to it. Like we're gonna stand behind this product 100%. We're gonna fix it. And maybe even a step further. Fix it quickly. Fix it quickly. Um, you know, when I go to the gym, I do my least favorite exercises first. <laughs> right? 
Oh, not that we go to the gym. Anymore. One time I went to the gym and <laughs> <laughs> well, that one time. I that one there. time I went to the gym. I did pull ups first. They're the worst. <laughs> They're the worst. Um, <laughs> no, you know, if there's something, and that's really going to separate you from other business owners because if there's something that's a difficult situation and you put it off, um, it'll sort itself. Yeah. Said no one ever. <laughs> it will not sort itself. As a matter of fact, now it's going to fester and get worse. So <laughs> if you thought he was mad when he had a little drip in his house, wait till he's got some ruined drywall needs paint and his <laughs> wife's mad at him. Um, and he had a party that weekend and now she's really mad at him. Right? Like, don't put it off. It's not getting any better. Yeah, it's not. <laughs> Take that call, <laughs> make a plan. And, and remember this, if a homeowner or a crew leader or a foreman is, is yelling at you about a problem, and you don't take accountability for it, the yelling is going to continue. <laughs> the cycle of yelling. <laughs> right. It, you're not done yet. The circle. And you haven't learned your lesson. You shouldn't be done. Um, <laughs> nobody's yelling because they like to yell, hey, we have this issue. And what they really want, if it's a homeowner, they're not calling because they're upset at you. They're calling because they're upset their house has an issue and they just spent all this money to get it fixed. Right. And what they really want is a plan of action and a schedule. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mr. Homeowner, I'm really sorry about that. You know, we couldn't have foreseen that this tree was going to fall through your house two days after we finished. Um, but we'll be there on Friday. I'm going to send a tarp crew out. We'll do this. We'll get this off there. And then we can schedule it to have a fix. But we have literally if, had that happen. Already. If it's a workmanship problem, though, like, hey, we're really sorry that happened. Yeah. And you never put the blame on, well, you know, so-and-so's crew uh, goofed that up. Nobody cares. Hey, I'm really sorry that happened. Yeah. So here's how we're going to correct it. And here's the timetable. Does that work for you? Dude. And they're happy with that. Right. Like they understand. They like, want a solution. They, they don't, they're not, they don't, they don't expect perfection, but they expect you to do a really good job and at least stand behind it I hate and be angry. responsible. Oh, they don't want to be angry. Right. Absolutely like not. who wants to do that? What a no. horrible way to spend your holiday weekend. <laughs> what a horrible way to spend your life. Being <laughs> right? angry all the time. I love to put a smile on that face. But we had, we had that exact scenario happen. We put on a, we put on a legacy roof. It was an ultimate roof, which we call that our ultimate roof. It's like legacy, easy ridge, you know, full malarkey system. It. Yeah, it's it's all Emerald Pro, like all the all the good stuff. So we put this roof on. Literally a month later, big storm comes through, blows a tree off of a roof, or blow, a tree comes down, tree limb comes down, just smashes this roof up, and it's it was probably two or three slopes that were damaged. Insurance company came back out, they paid for it instantly, no questions asked. We replaced the, the, the work within within two or three days. Job's finished. Everyone's happy. No no issues. But that all comes down to, like, my team was on top of it, though. Right. Soon as she called in and said, hey, she called us before she called the insurance company. Tree just fell on it. Are you guys, can you guys warranty this? And I was like, well, <laughs> I mean, that's should, a little bit different now. You should always have the uh, Memphis Mafia approach <laughs> to business. You know what they're Thing that the Elvis with the lightning bolt and the TCB. What's that? Taking care of business Taking in a flash. In a flash. In a flash. Right. All right. People like efficiency. Yeah. Um, oh, a hundred percent. Like, like, go buy a car right now. Well, that's what every contractor. Wait six months. How many people want to wait? Six Dude, months? that was the, that was the most frustrating thing in my life earlier this year, <laughs> was that I had to wait a few weeks to get a truck, and it was like this has never happened oh, before. Poor soul, a few weeks. I know it was. Uh, it you, was not okay, that John? Are I was okay? fine. I, can, I, I mean, can give you a hug. Once you know what? Over. The old ACS truck <laughs> was gone. I had to trade it in, and I had to trade in my car. So I had. We were down to one vehicle between the two of us, which wasn't terrible, but it was still like, man, this is. 
this is rough. Right. <laughs> like I couldn't get around. I mean, it's the first time I've seen car commercials with um, things about like place your orders now. Yeah, place your orders now. Right, and, and we all felt it in the roofing industry, of course, is too. There was I mean, there was some real crunch on raw materials um, in the past couple of years. Really started early in twenty. You guys are coming out of that now. Finally, oh yeah, right? <laughs> for sure. Uh, Malarkey's actually really coming out of it strongly and there's a lot of good timing involved and a lot of foresight by the malarkey family before we were purchased by wholesome making plans for expansion yeah um and now with um the purchase of malarkey by by wholesome um, it's gonna happen we've got some some real strong financial backers with an eye on growth mm -hmm. um and so i just couldn't be more excited about the new leadership um, we've also got a new vp of sales our last one retired after you know, crushing it for malarkey. Yeah. Um, and so it's really excited to see kind of this, this, this new dawn for malarkey as it's come from being this small family owned business to what it's going to be in the next five to 10 years is going to be an incredible thing to see. Um, <laughs> it's going to be incredible. It's gonna well, be I think, I think the product's great. And then, you know, you throw on top of that, your guys' support and the, the passion behind, you know, manufacturers like you guys are just they're hard to find there's only a handful that i would say in the industry that i'm like man i really want to get behind them <laughs> because huh. I, I i feel it like from a people perspective you said people like to do business with people right right i feel like you guys and atlas are the two that are just like from a corporate standpoint i've gotten to hang out with you guys both and you know we've had moments where i've said hey tom let's go talk to stan right, <laughs> so yeah, we're yeah. gonna go hang Stan's out with a nice guy yeah he's a great guy right I really but i really enjoyed meeting him yeah actually. he's a nice guy but i was like it's because you guys are all like this cut from the same cloth at the end of the day dude it's even more than that as we recruit at malarkey as i recruit new sales guys as we recruit you know what nobody thinks about on our side of the business is like when i come to you and i'm trying to sell you malarkey roof and i and i tell you and i'm sincere i mean this and i, I know that the internet will catch fire um, I believe Malarkey has the very best product out there. That's why I work here. Yeah. Right. Why do we have the very best product out there? Okay. Well, the Malarkey family engineered a heck of a product. Yeah. Okay. So there's still another factor there, right? The character of the people that work on that line. And I took you to see a factory mm -hmm. and how hot was it in there? It was hot. Hot. It was hot. It was summer. It was right? hot. We've got 500 degree asphalt running through every pipe surrounding us. Um, and we're sweating and these guys must wear long shirts. Yeah, they were all in pants, aprons and, and stuff. boots and hard hats and they're there for eight to 12 hours, right? So that product is better because of the strength of the character and the care that the people that are working at our factories put into it. It's not just the engineering, mm -hmm. it's the people that make it, right? And I think that same strength of character goes to our sales team. Mm-hmm. We want to offer a better There's product. Passion. We want to have some passion for what we're doing. And, and all we have is our time and our reputation as sales guys. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to do something a little bit differently and we're trying to create that culture, but it goes from the, from the guy that sweeps the floor in the factory to the president of our company, take some pride in what we do and what we make and the team that we work with. And that's another tip for contractors. Yeah. You're building that team. If you don't like your team, I was in an office yesterday and a guy told me how all of his sales staff was lazy. <laughs> you built that team. I know whose office you were in yesterday. 
Well, I was a lot off. Okay, never mind then. <laughs> if you've ever worked with my Indiana rep, and I know you have, when you tell him to fill up your schedule, um, I was up at 5 a.m. and I didn't get back to my hotel till 10 p.m. Right? I've got a million emails to catch up on, and and God bless him, man, because that guy is a sniper. Right? I want to work with guys like that, and when I challenge him to challenge me to come to work, I don't want to let him down. Yeah. Right. So, and again, that's that strength of character we're talking about. Yeah. Is this a different? It's a different group, man. But if you don't like your team, well, that's on you. Yeah, that's true. Right? And if you're, if you're identifying... And they're reflections of you, too. If you're identifying weaknesses on your team, mm -hmm. and you, as their leader, are not helping them to identify their weaknesses and learn how to become better, then you're not a very good leader. Yeah. Right? No, it's the truth. I know what my weaknesses are, right? And so I build a team around me that can help cover that right? yeah so you know there's a lot to that but when you're kind of complaining about your own team you got to look in the mirror at some point there's some <laughs> accountability that you're escaping no it's to true your own detriment and i and i love that that analogy though that that it's really a reflection of you mm -hmm. it's not a reflection of anyone else you're the one that has to make those decisions right you know we, we've gotten to where we're so selective <clears throat> on our team members because yeah. it's got to be but you as, know. A, as a leader, hey, they're not doing this, this, this. Well, if you set a clear expectation and a way, provided a way to hit that goal, mm -hmm. and they're not doing it, well, they might not be your guy. Sometimes it's just one person, though, that can ruin the entire team, though. Well, and I, I keep talking about vampires, energy vampires, yeah. time vampires. If that guy's on your team, it's shape up or ship out. Yep. And I'm not, you know, that's never, like, Firing a guy is never my first option. Yeah. Sit down with that individual and say, hey, what are your goals? You know, mm -hmm. what's, what's your why? Yeah. I bet you that person can't tell you what their goals are. Yeah, because they don't know. They're, they're not clearly defined usually. Right. They're just there to see what they can get out of that. They might not realize that, John. Yeah. So what if they don't realize that and then you're the guy that goes in there and helps them realize that maybe they are not even aiming mm. at a specific target. And now you can kind of aim them and focus some of that energy. Because yep, the problem good. is maybe they're not lazy. Maybe they're unfocused because yeah. they don't know what their goal is. Right? So maybe you can channel that for them and help them get focused on the things that they can, that they can work on. Right? And then help them to understand that as they become really good at these things, other opportunities are going to come up. Right? The things that you can now influence that used to be here are now here. Mm -hmm. They're much larger. Um, and so that's a leader's job with his team. Yeah. You can complain about your team or you can make your team amazing. Right. Man, I love that, dude. Thanks for hanging out today. Hey. Glad I appreciate it. And I'll, I'll admit this. If I was not doing Modern Roof right now and I was looking for a cool place to be, I would probably would love to be on your team, just to say that. Hey, thank you. And, and so. that's not a shot at Stan Best. No, I love Stan's <laughs> team, too. I would, it, would be be, it would be between you guys. I'll arm wrestle for it. We want John Dye. <laughs> no, man, I appreciate it, man. Thank you for hanging out. And uh, if you've gotten something out of this, I hope you did. Uh, if you're listening on the podcast, make sure to subscribe to our podcast because we definitely would love to have you as a subscriber and listener. We have a lot of conversations like this with guys like Tom and different other people in the industry that are willing to give you guys tons of great advice. So thanks for listening. Have a great day. We'll see you guys. Cheers. <laughs>